Today on the news and why it matters, it's hump day. Uh, Trump, the Trump administration, scrapping the Flores settlement agreement because obviously he hates children and he's racist. Uh, a lot to talk about there. And the media meltdown over Trump's latest comments. And yes, we also may or may not be discussing Fredo Cuomo himself. <laughs> obviously a lot to get into. It starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by uh, the Glenn Beck Radio Program's own Stuber mm, Gear. That's me. Thank you. Thank you I like the, the, the title. The Glenn Beck really Radio Program's own. You just say the show. Yeah. He, but, but it's, but it's by. Oh, yeah, but it's the only Stuber Gear mm, that's himself. That's true. Very few Stuber Gears out there, understanding. <laughs> and author of The Smallest Minority, Kevin Williamson. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Jason Howerton, The Blaze's own... Social media guru. Yeah, I'm on too. You guys, we own you guys. <laughs> uh, got a lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, listen up. Uh, no pressure. It's just like the biggest investment you're ever going to make in your life. And you want to make sure that you're using a real estate agent who actually knows what they're doing. Um, Stu, correct me if I'm wrong. The right way to find a real estate agent is to go for the guy on the billboard that's smiling really creepily at yeah, you. Yeah, if they have the nice smile. You yeah. have to pick someone who has a nice smile. White that, teeth. Yes. Okay. It looks like it could be about to commit a crime. <laughs> um, that's the person you want. Anyone who's on a billboard, you can always trust. Yeah, because mm -hmm. you're on a billboard. Mm -hmm. So that's there you go. That's what real estate agents I trust does. Tells you which real estate agents are on billboards. <laughs> Or, uh, Glenn, he actually formed this uh, this company because, you know, he's in radio, move around all the time, and realize there are a lot of real estate agents out there who don't know what they're doing. So, Real Estate Agents I Trust uh, just matches you with the top real estate agent in your area. Um, oftentimes, they're listeners of the show, and uh, they share your values. So, if you're moving to a new area, you have no idea, where's my family going to be happy? Where are we going to be safe? These are the people who are going to get you where you need to be. You got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, like I said, you're looking to buy or sell. They've got, they've got real estate agents all across the country. They've got one where you're located or where you're going, and they can help you, realestateagentsitrust.com. So uh, the Trump administration just announced they are they're doing away. They're making a rule change um, with the Flores settlement agreement. And so, of course, that is the rule that allows them to uh, detain children, but the children cannot be held for more than 20 days on the border. Um, now they're changing the rules and they're going to allow for indefinite detention of illegal immigrant uh, families, children and their families, of course, they will still be separated. Um, Stu, is this obvious proof that <laughs> President Trump is in fact a racist and he hates children? It strikes me as like one of those things where I think a lot of times we'd like to over oversimplify the immigration issue. Um, that some of it's kind of hard, mm -hmm. right? Like it's it's actually kind of hard to figure out. I mean, you kind of understand why Flores existed in the first place, right? Um, and and you kind of I kind of understand Trump's position here as well. Like you know, look. It's been abused, right? They, you know, the idea initially to say, okay, you're going to limit it to 20 days is a rational sort of thing, you know? I mean, like, you're like, I don't want to keep kids in prison or kids detained for a very long time. On the other side of that, that is a clear incentive to every single person looking to cross the border that, well, if we go by ourselves, we could be detained indefinitely. If we go with a child, then we can, uh, we're only going to have 20 days and we're going to be released in country. So, I mean, it's, it's essentially, a, you know, a lottery ticket. 
um, if, you, if this is what your goal is. And, you know, it's not just conservative media who's found examples of this. I mean, I mean a lot of mainstream sources have reported that this is an actual problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the numbers are, are far too high. I mean, so... I don't know what you do here. I mean, it's, it's an amazing, it's an interesting political decision because when it comes down to it, if you're trying to make the justification, you know, you're trying to make an argument essentially to, to indefinitely detain children, uh, it might not poll very well. Uh, <laughs> but I know this is, you know, this is certainly an issue that's important. You know, the media is going to paint it as just proof yeah. of the racism. I, look, I think sometimes these things are actually difficult to solve. And this is one that is difficult. You can't incentivize people to continually flow over the border illegally mm. if you want to have a border. Uh, that's a rational thing for a country to do. You know, I saw I saw a clip of Obama um, in some ad that somebody cut together of him talking about kids being brought over, um, and and how tragic it was, and, and how often we don't even know, you know, the the tragedies that happen on that journey. Sure. The, the ones when, who don't make it. When it's coyotes mm-hmm. bringing the kids over to mm-hmm. to exploit them, or whether it's sex trafficking, or if it's like you're saying to to exploit the system. Um, so to, to try to use it as a as a deterrent, um, I don't know if it, if it was a, under di- different circumstances under a different president, would it be looked at differently as as more of a compassionate act of trying to prevent this? I mean, I don't like to think the worst in everyone, including Trump, even when I disagree with him. I don't think the intention of this is to hurt children, uh, but that is a problem. And like, what about those kids? Like, do they matter too? Do we do we need to be keeping them safe as well? So I, I, I'm trying to look at it from both angles. I think you're right. I think there's there's good arguments to both, but but to just think that, you know, we should have uh, safeguards in place, but, but you know, I, I understand why we're trying to disincentivize people from doing that. Yeah. Kevin, is this the compassionate measure to take? Uh, sometimes I think the compassionate thing to do in the short term is different from the compassionate thing in the long term. And obviously we don't want to be unnecessarily cruel to children or to illegal immigrants, for that matter, who are adults, but... Um, our laxity in enforcing our immigration laws is a sort of attractive nuisance, which is a you know, legal doctrine that if you basically have a pool on your property and kids play in it, you have to take steps to keep kids out of the pool. And if one of them has an accident and drowns, it's your fault because you didn't secure it. Um, it's essentially what we've done with our, our border and our immigration mm-hmm. policies. We create incentives, as you were saying, for people to break the law by being so lax about enforcement and being so indulgent about what happens for people who actually are caught. I don't know that this is actually the way to go about reversing that. But whatever steps are taken that ultimately will reverse that will be greeted the same way as being unnecessarily cruel, as being unkind, as being uncharitable. But at some point, you're either going to have to say, well, we actually do have open borders and Mm -hmm. that's going to be our policy or that we are going to enforce it. And we're going to try to enforce it in a way that not only is effective, but also is effective in disincentivizing people from trying to cross illegally in the first place. Yeah. Um, it is frustrating at times that, you know, I do, you get the, the talking point from the mainstream media of, oh, well, Republicans are just heartless and they don't care about kids in cages. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have the, the I want to say, well, Trump, just tell them, just tell them the reason for this. We all know the reason for this. We all know that really in actuality, this is protecting children, uh, you know, if you look at it, but the talking point is there and they're going to use it. And then I look and see, well, he is saying this. He is telling them. They just refuse to report it that way. Well, I feel like we, we, He's in a lose-lose like situation the, the debate here. stops there for the left. Like, the left doesn't have mm-hmm. to go any further than let them go. 
You know what I mean? Like, there, so okay, then what? Like, right? What is the like? What is your solution? Like, we let them go, and then what? Right. And, and universal health care. <laughs> right. So, so to them, they don't have to explain anymore. Me, I care about the kids. Yeah. I, I don't want them indefinitely detained. I want them with their parents, but there has to be some sort of a plan to handle the massive influx and like you said the, the decades of failure we're not talking about just under trump we're talking about decades and decades of just kicking this can down the road and so i feel like it's really unfair that they don't have to make a position they just have to say we care about the kids let them go well, and i think there's a big problem with the media in that like they increasingly uh see themselves as not journalists but experts on the motives of donald trump like right. so they don't cover a policy they say well this policy is this way because donald trump is racist or because donald right. trump hates children or because donald Trump only is playing to his base or whatever it is. And like at some level, that's part of everybody's analysis. Like you're trying to figure out who the, you know, what you know, a major figure in a news story is thinking. But they have changed this. It's become now that they know. They know his motivations. It's always the worst motivation, of course. And that's not helpful. And the problem with that is when people come and say, well, we think Donald Trump is being dishonest or acting in bad faith or acting out of shallow, self-interested motivations. Can anyone really say, well, that doesn't sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> Gosh, we, we would never think that about him. Um, I mean, that's one of the problems. I'm, I mean, you say you're not inclined to necessarily think the worst of him. I, I, I sort of am uh, most of the time. Well, and you rarely go wrong okay, with that. Okay, Chris Cuomo. Well, you, know, you, rarely, you rarely go wrong with that. Um, if the Republican Party actually were as heartless and scheming and Machiavellian as the media says it was, first of all, I would join that party. <laughs> Secondly, they'd, 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 they'd win... Every, every contest they were in, but they're not. They're actually just another political party like any other political party. Trump is an unusual figure for them in that he is so obviously emotionally transparent. He is so obviously adolescent in his outlook and so obviously shallow in his scheming that um, it must be tempting to do that. Now, the problem is that you hear from these reporters and from the left that you know Donald Trump is the worst president ever. He's a unique danger to the country. They've said that about every Republican yeah. president mm -hmm. since Dwight Eisenhower. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can't always have been right. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it just get worse every I mean, time. Yeah, it's every time. Yeah. Mitt it's Romney a is bar. a threat yeah. to this republic. Really? Mitt Romney's a threat to the republic? Yeah, that no. one sort of really went off the rails. No, I mean, Mitt Romney's more likely to bore us to death than anything else. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it, I think it's a, it's a, it is an increasing uh, problem. We had, Glenn had a, a person who emailed him, said he was a former skinhead. Uh, many years ago, and um, said, you know, a lot of people were tying the alt-right to Donald Trump, and his opinion was that, like, the alt-right actually hates Donald Trump because he likes Jews too much, which is, again, a weird freaking world we live in. Um, but his point was that they, what they like about Trump is that uh, the media refers to everybody who supports Trump as racist, and it helps deflect that off of them. They're now, it's no longer a meaningful accusation. So the alt-right sees this as helpful. Like, hey, thanks. Now you're calling everybody racist. So those people and, you know, the regular Republican is so sick of that charge, they're more likely to listen to us. That's and that's like terrifying. almost identical to what Ricky Gervais just said the other day. It was Ricky Gervais, by the way, who, who, who glad former skinhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost identical in that how great of a time that the real racist must be having, mm -hmm. because it really is hard to delineate who's a Nazi anymore, mm -hmm. because everybody's a Nazi who who supports Trump, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's it's really a weird sp space to be in. In a sense, you're creating an unintentional political coalition mm -hmm. with people who don't really, of course, want to be in coalition with those people, but they end up being lumped in and effectively operating together, whether they intend right. intend to or not. 
Yeah. Uh, we're, we're sitting here talking about basically um, the media's Trump derangement syndrome. Got a couple really good examples of that when we come back. You're going to find the promo clip? Yeah. Watch out. And the, the chosen. Watch how deep he gets into it. Trending right now on Twitter, hashtag 25th Amendment now. Uh, President Trump was giving a press conference today and he was defending the, uh, the trade war with China. And uh, I think probably just talking how Trump talks and, uh, well, I'll let you guys see for yourself. Watch. Somebody said it's Trump's trade war. This isn't my trade war. This is a trade war that should have taken place a long time ago by a lot of other presidents. Over the last five or six years, China's made $500 billion. $500 billion. Ripped it out of the United States. And not only that, if you take a look, intellectual property theft. Add that to it. And add a lot of other things to it. So somebody, excuse me, somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So I'm taking on China. I'm taking on China on trade. And you know what? We're winning. Uh, my favorite part was how he looked to God to make what sure the it was hell like, is he looking at? Yeah. like, don't strike me down yeah, when I say this. for lightning is what yeah. he was looking for. <laughs> uh, so, of course, there is just set everyone ablaze that he... <gasps> Donald Trump just suggested he is the one chosen by God. He is not fit for office. Right after calling the Jews disloyal, by the way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. He's got a full spectrum <laughs> messianic delusion going on. Yeah, there. yeah, Kevin, I want your take because you are, of course, you know, you're a trade fan. Critical of him on trade. Yeah. And also not a huge fan of Donald Trump. So and what do you make of these comments? What a tool. <laughs> Can I say that? I'm sorry, but I, I mean <laughs> Who talks like this? I mean, Donald Trump Donald talks Trump. like this. He's been what talking kind of like normal, this? grown, well-adjusted adult human being goes in front of cameras and talks this way. Mm. I mean, no, I don't think we should invoke the 25th Amendment. I don't think we should remove him from office. I think we never should have elected him in the first place. But seriously, um, you know, my uh, two things about Trump. In some ways, he's turned out to be better than I thought he would because he basically has gone along with a lot of conventional Republican stuff. In some ways, he's turned out to be worse than I thought he would. Because I really thought after the election, uh, when I switched it over from Fox News to MSNBC, when he took Pennsylvania just to watch the Al-Qaeda hostage <laughs> video over there of Rachel was, Maddow going, uh, I thought eventually someone would sit him down at the desk and say, listen, idiot, you're the president of the United States of America. Grow up and act like it. And, uh, but he's not. He has run off as fast as he can in the opposite direction. And he talks like, you know, a deranged seven-year-old who's mad about the condition of a sandbox. Let me push back, though, because this is who he's always been. Yeah. Yes, it's who he's, he's always, always been. always been. Like, he's not changed at all. And I think, right. like, it's not my cup of tea. I'm with you. Like, I want, I, like, I kind of long for, like, the, the TV president, like, who just makes you feel good. Somebody and, boring. Yeah, somebody boring. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I, 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 I'm so outraged, or not even outraged isn't the right word, like just You're tired of the media's outrage. I'm just not surprised by any of it. So like when 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 something like this happens, and I'm so like I'm like okay, like that's like the fifteenth yeah. time he said something like that. Like it just doesn't phase me anymore. No, I mean you're right. It is who he is. But okay, if you were a carnival barker, and you knew you were a carnival barker, and you got elected president of the United States, wouldn't you try to be better? 
Or would you just say, well, I've always been this way? Well, the, okay, true. Like, but, I got a puppy, but, and I tried to become a better person. But you know, I was going to be the same schmuck I was always being. What motivation does he have to change or become better? Because he was just taught, this is what got me elected. Why would I change now? I don't know, patriotism? But uh, do you think he's motivated by patriotism? No. I think he's motivated by, like, I mean, he's a, it's at the end of the likes. day. He is the he's puppy. Se- he's self-interested. He's a, he's a politician he, he now on puppy, top though, of He is the puppy, though, I think. He just wa- he wants to be, he wants to yeah. be pet. No. no. Sorry. <laughs> he wants to be pet. He, he wants to be, be become a better person when yes. he got a puppy. <laughs> We're learning. I think there's a, you know, look, I, you know, I think my, uh, my implemented double standard on Donald Trump, um, and I have fully implemented this, which is I just don't listen to the things that he says. I just feel like if you view his presidency as, as, a, as a presidency that has no public figure attached to it, you can kind of analyze, like, like Russia is a great example of this, where, like, you know, he's, the things he says about Russia make me incredibly uncomfortable. Many of the policies we have towards Russia in this administration, I think, have been good, in fact, aggressive. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, that is, like, I think when you hear him speak, first of all, the, the English language, not always his friend. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, he, he says things that I think a lot of times just don't mean anything. Like, you know, his, the biggest thing that offended me in that is the fact that he is still saying we're losing $500 billion to China. That is not what the trade deficit is. It is not it. And he's still saying these things. These are, these are basic policy issues. And, he, you know, his trade policy out of that clip is, to me, by far the worst part of it. It is his trade war. He believes in this, and it has hurt the economy. And it, and, and and, and if anything else, he may not care about the, you know, a lot of these side issues. It is risking his presidency. Mm-hmm. He is in the middle of putting his, you know, presidency on black or red to see if the recession comes before or after 2020. And, I mean, you'd think just from his, the perspective of him wanting to remain in that office for another four years, he, someone would be able to get through to him on that issue. But it's been multiple decades of public advocacy for uh, what used to be and still is Bernie Sanders trade policy, and he will not abandon it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you would think that the left would take that opportunity to criticize him on that. Yeah. But they're not. They're instead, I think we have a couple tweets. uh, They're instead focusing on the really, really important things. Do we have these tweets that I can see or... No. Okay, there. Uh, He said, I am the chosen one. He's not just talking about trade. He truly thinks he's the chosen one. (laughs) So does his diehard base of 35% of Americans who will never leave him. Impeach, 25th Amendment now, giant meteor. I don't care. He just needs to go. What do you need? If if only 35% support him, what do you need an impeachment for? He's going to be out of office in less than two years. Just wait. That's what you need the giant meteor for. (laughs) There you go, yeah. (laughs) Can I just float an alternative theory, though, that he he says stuff like, I'm the chosen one, so that people don't focus on his policies and they're freaking out over this? I would not be surprised. Because, look, every time there's a... He's that cunning... I don't look. All I'm saying is, every time there's a, like like a legitimate thing to either criticize him about or to debate, like the like the Im- new immigration policy, like the trade mm-hmm. stuff, something like this happens where it's this outlandish statement and everybody yeah. freaks out, and then that's what's trending. Uh, so I mean, it's it's not. I think it happens. I think the Greenland is an example of that. Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. like I think the Greenland thing was just him screwing off. Exactly. There, I think that's just him being flippant. I am the chosen one, yeah. and yeah. I will bring Greenland into the union. <laughs> uh, one more. Uh, one more uh, of these tweets just because they're funny. Uh, 
Y'all be saying 25th Amendment now, but then we get Pence. So it really makes matters worse. And then the world will continue to keep getting more horrible. It's really a loose, loose situation. Loose, right. loose, 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 loose. Loose, loose. I hate Pretty those loose, 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 loose situations. Yeah, I take issue with what you're saying there. Yeah. I mean, he says outrageous stuff on days of the week ending and why, not just when he's got some of our talk radio friends do this where every dumb thing he says, well, he's just masterfully yeah. playing the media, getting the dance along to his tune. No, he's not. He's just, he, I, I think, I, I mean, look, he has said much worse things on that front than that. He said, I alone can solve this, right? Like yeah. he said, it's, it's another. say this at the end, just I alone can solve. I can solve. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I alone can solve. English. Uh, yeah, English is not, it's not his front. Not, y'all not. are saying that Trump is, is egocentric? It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. It's just a theory. Sure. Just floating a theory. Okay. Uh, really quickly, but before we go, I want to make sure, uh, you know, we're talking about meltdowns over things that Trump has done or said or breathed or whatever. Trump had a, uh, a press conference where he dared say that he doesn't lose sleep. They're like, do you, what do you lose sleep over? He's like, I don't, which is totally, speaking of, a Trump thing to say. Yes. Uh, well, Chris Cuomo, bombshell revelation about what Trump said. Watch. The president told us a very important truth today. <laughs> Listen. Is that something that keeps you up at night? Well, nothing keeps me up at night. Now, he was answering a question about China's military strength, but that answer is comprehensive. Just for contrast. What is your biggest fear? Well, uh, there are a lot of things that keep me up at night. I already hear the Trump folks saying Obama was weak. A strong man (laughs) sleeps easy. Presidents should have a lot of heavy burdens that weigh on them. And yes, keep them up at night. Waiting for that 3 a.m. call. The need that they can't satisfy, the pain that they must work tirelessly to address. Look at how different. Here's a great, great example of this. Look at presidents (gasps) when they come in and when they leave. I mean, come on. Look at Clinton's (gasps) hair. White George W. Bush looks like he got a beat down. Obama looks like his own grandfather. I mean, look at it. I mean, this is a very hard job because Mm. of the stress that they carry with them. Now, let's look at this president. It's been almost three years since Trump (laughs) won the presidency. Looks exactly the same. His hair is like, you know, I don't know what's going on with that. That is weird. <laughs> you see, like- I think he's overlooking something obvious here, which is that Trump has this tough guy thing, right? Mm-hmm. He loves he used to let tough guys. Was it Mattis whose Mattis, famous yeah. quote was? He said, you know, what causes you to lose, lose sleep at night or what keeps you up at night? And he says, nothing. I cause other people to lose sleep at night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Trump was just yeah. cribbing. Yes. Absolutely. Totally. Yes. That's the thing. The media loves to pick and choose which things they take seriously from him and which they don't. I mean, I guess both sides do that at some level. But it's like the media loves to do this. When he comes out and he says, you know what, I do care about immigrant children and that's why we have to make sure they don't come because there's all these dangers. They just choose not to believe that. Mm-hmm. Right? And they choose to believe it when he looks up at the sky and says, I'm the chosen one, <laughs> that he really means he's saying God told him to go to raise tariffs it's like it, it, they have they, they want to have this both ways and it's you know it's ridiculous. so if he is plagiarizing someone mm-hmm. is this a 10d chess move for his Ten-D. race against <laughs> joe biden uh-huh. noted plagiarist yes yes uh-huh. I think jason last word <laughs> look <laughs> I, I just cannot believe that that fresh off of his frito thing that he wanted to to, to do that that was like his big comeback that trump who like is spray tanned and, and isn't going to look any different until he's 110, right. that that's the thing that is going to bring Trump down because he, he didn't want to admit that he loses sleep at night. Uh, all right, back in a minute. Yeah, th- what was it, Monday? He was like, we should all be better. Welcome back. Yeah. We should all- 
in uh, overtime, President Trump is uh, considering a payroll tax cut. We'll get, uh, gentlemen, your thoughts on that on the backside. And also, Joe Biden, I don't know that she's going to vote for her own husband. No. I don't know. I'm not sure that she is. So uh, still a lot to come, but you got to go to blazetv.com or go get it in podcasts. We'll see you there. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. So, of course, there is talk of, you know, possibly a recession coming. And President Trump, although he does deny that there is any sort of recession. He says the economy is not weak. We're doing fine. He has confirmed he is considering a payroll tax cut. Um, and so he, what, right now it's 6.2%. And have you guys, I haven't seen, what is it, uh, that he, what he wants to bring it down to? I have an idea. Do you? 0.0%. Uh, okay. Uh, that's Without possibly because taxation is theft. Uh, well, yes, that's okay. true. Although I will say this particular tax is the devil. It's the, literally the worst thing, I think, in our federal uh, tax system. And I've been, you know, this is one of my been one of my big kicks of like, we want a, a bold Republican policy is to abolish this thing completely. Um, it is. Explain it to me because I, I don't. Tell me why it's the devil. It's the devil because, number one, it's a regressive tax. So we all hate progressive taxes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Regressive taxes are worse. They actually hit people who make less money more. And that's how this tax works. Basically, it it taxes your income for your first, and I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's $108,000 of earnings. So if you earn a million dollars, you pay a tax on your first $108,000. 10% of your income. Yeah, it's 6.2. Yeah. So you're paying about seven grand, whatever it is. Um, uh, If you make $110,000, you're also paying seven grand. If you're Bill Gates, you're paying seven grand. If you're making, if you're making just one hundred ten thousand, and it also starts hitting you at dollar one. So if you're making thirty thousand, you're paying the full same rate as everybody else. Which I'm not opposed to a flat tax, but it, this isn't a flat tax. Mm-hmm. It's a tax that becomes a much smaller percentage of your income as you get richer and richer and richer. So a regressive tax is. I mean, all these taxes are awful to me, but regressive is the worst example of it. You're taxing actually people who make less, a higher percentage. That's number one. Uh, number two, it, is, it was implemented um, specifically to, to codify entitlement mentality mm-hmm. because it's, it's this idea that, well, we, that's, that's the lockbox, right? People put their payroll taxes in and then they get this nice thing at the end of their lives. They get the Social, social Security. security yeah. um, and, and so they're entitled to that because they put into the system. Now, step back for a second. As a conservative, first of all, we all know it's not a lockbox. Like the money is just going into the general fund and being spent however we want. Uh, number two, um, it is, uh, this is how every program is, right? We are all putting money in with the possibility of getting something out if we qualify for a program. So the idea that like this is a, um, a specific tax that like is some government-sponsored savings program <laughs> is not true in reality or in practice, right? Like, you know, if you have a, if you... If you pay taxes when you're younger for for income tax and then later on you take advantage of a welfare program, like that's not because you paid into the system, you get something back. We all pay into the system all for rights to get the same types of things back. And when it was implemented, it was specifically implemented with that in mind. They wanted to codify it as part of the national mentality Mm -hmm. to say, hey, like 
people will always keep this. It won't get overturned by a later evil president or Congress who doesn't want this, you know, this incredible, um, wonderful program we created. Um, they, they didn't want that to happen. And because that's what happens with things when they're in the general fund. They don't think about them as tied. And you see this in polling with conservatives all the time. Social Security is an immensely popular program because conservatives believe I've been putting money into this thing and it's sitting there waiting for me and then they're going to give it to me later on. Mm-hmm. They see it as like something they've participated in and, and, and that's the way it's always been sold. When in reality, like, you know, it's a universal program. It's, it's actually much worse than a welfare program. Like, it's not just given to people with need. It's given to Bill Gates. Bill Gates should not be getting money from the government when he's 80 years old. Like, that's just ridiculous. I mean, we want to help people that are that are truly in need. And the the program was sold to America as, okay, you're a widow and you your husband dies at 59 years old. Um, The average age of death is, you know, just a little bit after that. So what are you going to do if she lives to 80? We need to have some way of keeping that person alive. That's a that's a good motivation, though. I'm never a huge fan of government solutions on stuff like that, but it's a it's a good legitimate motivation. Um, instead, now it's just like, well, whether you're poor or you're or you're rich, it's not it doesn't matter. You get access to this stuff, and you shouldn't. Um, it's it, you know the idea that the government should be the one who is essentially setting up your end of life care in every way, from uh, from just income with Social Security to Medicare, is a profoundly left-wing socialist idea i mean i'm on board it's the devil you've sold him the horns are growing out of its head as we speak it will be interesting to see how of course we're just talking earlier about how the media covers anything that trump does Mm -hmm. uh or thinks or they think he thinks um because obama actually cut this Back in 2011 and 2012, he mm-hmm. uh, cut it down to 4.2 percent, and then they ju- it just reset in 2013. Mm-hmm. So something that Obama also did. Yes, and I I highly doubt it's going to be covered the same way. Well, the difference is there the the many on the left, including some who are at least honest enough to admit it, like mm-hmm. Bill Maher, mm-hmm. are rooting for the economy to <laughs> collapse. Like yeah. to me. That is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, and it has to come from like the the ivory tower because a recession's not going to mess with Bill Maher. Like, right. he doesn't right. care. But the the thousands of people who would lose jobs and lose income and like all this stuff to to put Trump over those people, that is like the the height of like that liberal elite, like anything it takes to get what I want type of a mentality. Yeah. So, so yes, they're going to cover it differently. Of course they are. Uh, and he won't admit that, yes, he needs the economy to not have a recession just as much as anybody else because, like you said, that's his election going up in flames if it hits before 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think the likelihood is still that there's some sort of, I don't want to say full-on recession, but just the economy becomes weak enough that it really damages him in 2020. It's so hard to tell. I mean, I, really it is. I mean, you know, economists make their predictions and they're known to be, you know, wrong. I mean, like you go back to uh, it's, uh, Nate Silver's book, The Signal and the Noise. Um, he has a whole chapter in there about the predictions made by economic experts. And like, they're just no better than just like darts. I mean, it really is. It's impossible to predict these things. I mean, I think there's a, there's a part inside of me that thinks, the longer we go in good times, the, the more, you know, the, 
it's a very big gambler's fallacy to say that we're due. You know, I'm due. It's due to go on red this time. I'm going to bet again. But like at, at some point with something like this, we it is a cyclical. It's cyclical, economy. yeah. Of course, there's going to be a recession at some point in the future. So we're closer to it than we were yesterday. Um, and I, I think that, that that it is possible. It's also, you know, again, as with the trade thing, he's, I, I think, like helping it along. He is helping a recession pop up, uh, which is not positive. I don't think the trade thing can do it by itself, but it can it can further it. Um, if he puts another $300 billion of products, maybe it can do it by itself. Um, it is the one weird thing about this, though, that is like Trump actually holds uh, a, uh, you know, a, a giant sugar high for the economy in his hands. And if he can hold it until, let's say, you know, August, September, October of next year, if he were to clear out those tariffs and the economy would go insane, like it would be like dumping, you know, a, a monster energy drink down a four year old's throat. Mm-hmm. Um, that economy would go nuts. So he has that. If there are problems, he could always release that at well, the last minute. But I don't know that he believes let, let it. Let me do it now that now that Kevin's not here. Mm-hmm. Yes. What if that's the secret? <laughs> oh, my God. To bust, out, go. to bust that out and make the economy explode right before the election. I, I, I will say this. You it, think he's a genius. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Just a theory. Just a theory. I'll say this. I do think that if the economy does tank and we start going into recession world and we get close enough to that, I think his beliefs in tariffs might just evaporate at the right yeah. time. So like, in all seriousness, I, 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 my question was, is that a tool that he has I if he it, needs it? Yeah, and it's, it's, univ- it's like unilaterally his. So it comes down to the end there, and people are worried about recession if we're on the verge of recession, if he thinks we've actually gone into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and he's desperate. He's down by 14 points. Well, that was going to be my next you know? question is, is, is his ego, could he override his ego That's to, what I'm worried to, about. to take well, it back? You, well, it's with, you saw it with Christmas, right? Like yeah. he just did it with Christmas. He's been saying China pays these tariffs, which they don't. And he's been saying that they have no effect, which they do. And then it's like, well, yeah, but uh, people want to buy iPads uh, coming up this uh, Christmas. I mean, it's not even iPads, but like other toys and other goods. So let's delay it so it doesn't hurt American um, stores and retail. Like, that's an admission that everything he's been saying about these tariffs are wrong, right? He's, he's admitting it. Um, without admitting it. Though. Without admitting yeah. it. Uh, which is, again, I have said this from the beginning. If he wants to go to zero, like, he, you know, he throws out things all the time. At one point, he was at the G, one of the G conferences. And he said, look, you know, uh, I'm, I'm up for zero tariffs. I'll get all these guys to come out here and do zero tariffs. Now, he didn't mean it at all. But I'm happy with that. If he says, if he goes to those uh, to that policy, I'm happy to praise him and act like he knew it was right the entire time. Whatever he wants. You know, you want to zero out these tariffs? Uh, I will be happy to say that it was it was Peter Navarro the whole time behind the scenes that was influencing him and, and doing what Donald Trump told him not to. I mean, I you know, it is, the economy is at stake with these things, and trade has done much more than just help our economy. It's lifted billions of people out of poverty. It is one of the most important policies that has ever been implemented by humankind. That is how big of a deal it is. It has done more good for this country than anything that you're not going to find like in the Bible. Like, it is, if you want to take out of the world of faith, it's probably the, main, the best thing that's ever happened to humanity. So the fact that we're screwing with it really makes me nervous. Um, and it's almost the devil. Not as much as the uh, payroll. Actually, it's actually worse. I would, be, I would rather have the payroll tax remain and have free trade but still, they're both the devil. There's dual Satans on this one. <laughs> See, look at that. That's hate speech right there. Uh, moving on to 2020. On how, how, the- by the way, how does, how, does the, how does my payroll tax rant and the trade stuff get pushed to overtime? 
I, I mean, we had to deal with Chris Cuomo videos. I, I think in post, we just moved that to the, <laughs> right. to the we'll lead. Because uh, people don't care about the payroll tax, too. <laughs> That's true. I, I admit that completely. But they do now that they heard your very passionate Thank rant you. about it. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you. At least subscribers know. Uh, yes, exactly. At least I now know. Now you know. I'm educated now. <laughs> so Joe Biden's wife, Jill. Jill Biden is uh, stumping for her husband. Obviously, you would imagine your husband's running for president. So you are really passionate about, uh, you know, his policies and his campaign and getting him elected, much like Jill is. Here's what she had to say. I know that not all of you are committed to my husband. um, And I respect that. Your candidate might be better on, I don't know, health care than Joe is. But you've got to look at who's going to win this election. And maybe you have to swallow a little bit and say, okay, I sort of personally like so-and-so better. But your bottom line has to be that we have to be Trump. That is not the endorsement you want <laughs> That is your The wife. greatest part about that is that is exactly how America feels about Joe Biden mm-hmm. or, and Democrats feel about Joe Biden. She's just saying it out loud on accident. It's yeah. true. Well, and Donald Trump got hit for saying uh, when he came out and just said, yeah, you might not like me, but let's face it, you don't have another choice. That's basically what they're saying to their own people, too. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think a lot of people on the right make the exact same uh, sort of argument that Jill makes to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like with Trump. It's like, well, he, I, he's there, he's, he might win, and I don't want them. <laughs> it's essentially our, and this is, of course, a central part of the Biden candidacy, which is electability. Really, there's nothing else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he can say, okay, well, I was good with Obama, but you know, everyone knows the president really runs the show there, and he, he had a role. I mean, sure. Um, but for Democrats, that was a good time, and they remember it fondly. Uh, and it is their number. She's right. Like, this is a, this is actually a good piece of analysis, which is the part. You're not supposed to be doing that as the wife, though. You're supposed to be giving completely, like, uh, you know, the most favorable uh, take on your husband as possible. What she's doing there is actually a very good piece of analysis, which is if you happen to be a Bernie Sanders supporter and you want you you know Medicare for all, and you think well that's a better policy, maybe I should suck it up, go for Joe, and actually win this thing rather than lose with Bernie. It's a totally reasonable piece of analysis, but it should not come from Jill Biden. <laughs> you know what has really surprised me though is how little mileage or credibility that Obama has brought. But like it's almost like o- Obama is not woke enough anymore for the He's new. Not. Democratic Party, like w- w- during the debates, seeing people go after yeah, Obama when up. he used to be the, like, the savior mm-hmm. with the with the halo, mm-hmm. and now he's like he's not woke enough. It's like wow, we've come a long way. Like Trump has brought them so far. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. in such a short period. And I think of time. that's part of it, though. Like, and I think that's where the media is, and I think that's where like these activists are, and many of the people who will wind up being primary voters. You look at the Democratic Party as a whole. Barack Obama has a 90% approval rating among Democrats. Uh, it, among African American voters, he has a 95 or 99%. No, it was a 90, no, 98% approval rating. I, I remember this because I was, or, or, no, it was 99. It was it doesn't 99. sound like you remember it still. <laughs> it was 95, no, it was 95, sorry, 95 overall and 99. Uh, uh, among African-American voters. The reason why that sticks out to me is because you're like, oh, wow, 99 to 1 is pretty impressive. It's not 99 to 1. It's 99 to 0 with 1% undecided. (laughs) So there's actually 0% of African-American Democrats disapprove disapprove. of Barack Obama. Wow. Is this a good strategy to go out and lay out Barack Obama in a debate? No, No. it's not. 
that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what is, what's like, not the, like the crazy left, like the Bernies, like, but like, what is the, the DNC complex? What is yeah. the strategy? Yeah. I mean, look, they feel like they got to hit Biden on something, right? Um, and I understand, you know, you're trying to walk a line, but it's a dangerous line for yeah. you to walk as a candidate. And, you know, we, there's always this thing that happens when it comes down to, we, I've heard this a million times, it's like, the, you know, you've got this binary choice. It's got to be one or the other. And I'm, and I'm not a believer in that particular uh, strategy. But, like, they always come down to, like, well, if it was just you and the entire election was on the line and only one of those two could win, who would you vote for? And it's a ridiculous scenario that will obviously never happen. But, you know, I understand the premise. It actually does happen to you, though, if you're if you're a nominee for president of the United States, because you get to have a one person election. You get to make the decision of who comes after you if something were to happen to you. Mm. You are making a decision of the one person you believe is the most qualified person in the entire nation to be president of the United States other than you. Right. Mm -hmm. He picked Joe Biden and he will not come out and endorse him. He will not come out and say, you know what? This guy is the best guy. This guy is not a racist. He's, he's not even giving him that. It's brutal. I mean, it's brutal to watch. And, you know, Joe's like, oh, I asked him not to endorse yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> I wanted one of the most popular presidents of our party's history to not like me. So I mean, it's, it's got to be fair. But it says something about what Obama really believes mm-hmm. uh, um, about, about, uh, about Biden. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this big piece in the Times that uh, by Glenn Thrush, um, who um, has been cleared of all wrongdoing uh, in his Me Too accusations that had him suspended for a while. Um, but uh, he Wait, had, you mean the society as a whole yes. jumped and rushed, rushed to judgment? They, they have, the facts uh, yeah, again, like you, even when you read the story about him, it was like, all right, that doesn't seem <laughs> like, I, are we think? Isn't it the Harvey Weinstein thing is the thing we're talking about, right? Like, he wanted, he hit on a young girl at the office? Like, that's maybe a little creepy, but it doesn't seem that bad. Um, and they basically, he got off of that one. Yeah. But uh, he had a big piece of reporting on this as well about how, you know, Obama's, hey, he's helping behind the scenes. And he's counseling. And he was, he was thinking about you know, other candidates, but, you know, he, he is helping. They're trying to come up with some messaging that explains why Barack Obama, when he's seeing the other candidates ripping his legacy on stage, and the only person defending it is Joe Biden, and he still won't come out and say a positive thing about Joe Biden. I mean, at the very least, after the busing thing with Kamala Harris, you could come out and say, look, I'm the first black president, and I chose him to be my running mate. Mm-hmm. It was important to me. Um, and what we find out, and uh, you know, at least from this most recent reporting, is that you know he, Barack Obama, was committed to an older white man as a VP pick. He said he didn't he didn't think America could handle so much change if he picks anything other than an older white man, which is a damn. You know, the fact that he thinks that of yeah. this country yeah. is so damning. Yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, that's that's not true. Um, but it's a. I mean, you know. It is a, it's a statement that no Democratic primary voter that loves Obama could, should be able to get past. Yeah. Why won't he come out and endorse this guy? He picked him. Yeah. And since he won't do it, it's, it's, a, it's a giant hole in his campaign until he does. Uh, yesterday's poll, is going to college worth it anymore? 71% of you said no. No, we'd rather spend our money elsewhere, 29% said Yes. Now, of course, we did have a conversation on the show about there are caveats to that. Obviously, yeah. there are some specialized uh, professions where you would need to go to college. It would be necessary. Yeah, but. though, I, you know, again, it can be more specialized. You know, I mean, if you're going for one thing, you know, you could do that thing. And I think that's a big part of the design problem of college mm-hmm. overall. I mm-hmm. uh, mean, you look at the hours spent, what you're doing is the most. Im- I've done that on this show, I think, before. It's like the most embarrassing pie chart you'll ever see. You're like a class for like an hour a, a week. 
uh, by the end of the, uh, <laughs> the end of college, we're going, what, uh, you know, how much are you spending on leisure and sports? <laughs> like, I, you know, it's like it's completely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think there are caveats, but I think even the caveats we could handle better than we do with this sort of generalized university education that leaves you two hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, uh, and then today's poll. <laughs> Should Trump log off Twitter for good, or do you want the tweets to keep coming? Jason, what do you he, think? I need him to keep them coming because I need the the engagement to keep my job. <laughs> I'm going to have him just keep well, tweeting a you lot. You need something to come up and say that he's doing 12-dimensional chess. Uh, Correct. Right? Like it's the Correct. tweets. He, yeah, the tweets. He's got it. Point, you know? He's got it. Yeah. No, I would I would definitely like them to stop. And they never <laughs> will. Um, they won't. And uh, I, I, I don't. Yeah. The 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 angel on my shoulder is with you. Yeah. I'm like, ah, it's just not a good look. I, it's not presidential. I realize all of these things. Yeah. But then he comes out and mic drops against Rashida Tlaib. That and one I'm was like, really good. Yes! That I one, I gotta it. admit, was really freaking good. The Rashida Tlaib grandma one was awesome. But I told you my, I've told you my theory before. He is go again. at his best mm-hmm. when he is a quote-unquote victim. And I, I do think that is part of his strategy of keeping totally. people in a constant froth. Mm-hmm. And attacking him constantly. Very similar to the squad in that way. Correct. Very Absol- similar. It's Absolutely. It's the same strategy. And yeah. it works. It works it for both work. of them in totally yeah. different ways, but it's the same strategy. Ugh, let us know what you guys think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Thank you guys for being you. here. We'll see you tomorrow. I need like a whole extra show. What are these, these people? Get with him. It was me. I kept ranting. <laughs> you did the payroll tax and the overtime. It's not my- Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.